It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. How are we going to do it five days ahead? It'll be nearly impossible after the lovely break we had. Welcome to Late Lunch at the start of a new full week of the show. We had uh, the abbreviated week last week. Oh my God, I so enjoyed the break, the four days off. I'm... I'm sure so many people were delighted to be off and and enjoy the wonderful weather we had too, the parades and all that went with it. God bless us, weren't we so lucky? I really enjoyed the days. I did a bit of fishing. I played a little golf. We were out in the garden, myself and my assistant, Miss Ava, uh, and uh, went to football on Friday night, which I'm going to come to in a moment. But I suppose the biggest news in our family over the weekend is we have... A new arrival. Yes, I want to say a big congratulations uh, to my daughter, Sarah, and her fiancé, Kieran, and Ava, who is now the big sister of little baby Olivia Flynn, who arrived into the world late last evening and were all simply thrilled. We are indeed. Congratulations to all concerned and mum and baby and all are well. That's four of them I have now. Ava, Pippa, Harry and Olivia. God almighty, we're a growing crew. I have more of them than I ever had myself, only having two children ourselves. It's just wonderful and we're thrilled and over the moon. As I said, over the weekend, I enjoyed uh, many of my pastimes and I I was uh, fishing Friday and made it back to go to the big match in United Park on Friday evening between Drogheda and Dundalk the Loud Derby. I have to say I brought Ava with me who's a, a developing Drogheda United fan and loves going to the games now and her favourite is Dane Massey I have to tell you and she was cheering from all the way on Friday but it was a great game it was an intriguing game Drogheda won it 1-0 and were well worthy of the win should have won probably by two or three goals they were fantastic on Friday night but the atmosphere the ground was packed and there was a great crowd up from Dundalk and a huge Drogheda support and it's a growing young support I have to say as well but sadly at the end of the game um, Drogheda got very lucky I have to say the football club got very lucky because in the exuberance of the win some young Drogheda fans made their way onto the pitch and went towards the Dundalk fans to goad them which is not a good idea you enjoy your win and celebrate it but it should be left at that and then a few Dundalk fans came onto the pitch and there were exchanges between the fans. And I'm saying this here on the air now. I've been involved with that club for quite a number of years and I've experienced of a lot of things that had happened in the past. But the, it was within a whisker of being a very serious situation on the pitch in United Park between 
both sets of fans and it would have marred and destroyed a wonderful occasion. Thank God it didn't happen. But it was the grace of God it didn't happen. Nothing to do with what was should have been put in place to ensure it wouldn't happen. It's as simple as this. I am a Drogheda fan, but Drogheda had not enough security in the ground on the night. There was about 20-odd volunteers. They're there every game with their high-vis shirts on them. They're lovely people. They volunteer. It's not their fault. There should have been a security presence, a substantial one in the ground to prevent that happening. And it should be there when Dundalk... Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians and Shelburne come visiting in the Premier League. The rest you don't worry about. Honestly, there's no issue. But with those clubs, there needs to be increased security. And honestly, hand in heart, as someone with experience of the club and in the ground and at matches, Drogheda were caught short on Friday night. They really, really were. And we're lucky to get away with it. Now, we start with this uh, story today in the show. But I'm going to tell you from here on in, it's going to develop as a positive story because I'm delighted to say hello to a big Dundalk fan and mum of an even bigger Dundalk fan called Zoe Murphy. Linda Murphy, welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, Derry. Congratulations on your, your granddaughter. Oh, thanks a million. I, it's been a great weekend. But let's go back to Friday night. I was there like yourself with my granddaughter. You were there with your child, Zoe. And she's a mad Dundalk fan, isn't she? She is, yeah. From a very young age. She's, she's going to turn six now in June, but... From a very, very young age, she's been really, really big Dundalk fan and really loves all our boys. And actually, Dane Massey was one of our favourite Dundalk players and now moved to Strada and she's still in touch with Dane and uh-huh. still one of our favourite players, yeah. And he would have been right beside her in the second half on the on the yeah. left flank. She he would have been running up and down there in front of her the whole second half. He was, yeah, he was. And uh, we have to tell listeners that Zoe lives with cerebral palsy. Yes, she does, yeah. Okay. And she's at the game and all's going well. You get into your position there. You're watching the game. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so um, we were, you were right. We were right at the railing um, and she was had a great view of Dane Massey. She was all excited singing the Dundalk song. Since I was young, I followed them and all that. And uh, the first incident, um, they threw a banner over the railing. So Zoe was standing at the lower part of the railing and she can't stand unaided. So I was behind her just propping her up and holding her. And then she was holding on to the railing. And um, so then the banner was put in front of her, but a few was blocked. That's fine. We we understand that, you know, emotions and everything, especially during a live derby. So I just lifted her up so then she could just see over the railings mm. and I was holding her. And, um, you know, the crowd was in its normal, you know, full, great self and things like that. But a young chap bumped into me and I just turned around and I said, can you just be careful? I'm holding her and she, you know, she can't stand. So I have to hold her. So please just be careful. Um, and when he's small as well so you know anything at all I just yes. asked him to be careful and then unfortunately he didn't take that well and looked at Zoe and me and said that she shouldn't be here she can't stand she's not welcome here and a, few, a, a bit of abuse get her out and stuff like that get her away from that area and unfortunately the R word was used Um Yes, don't say it. I don't want to say. Yeah, I don't no, want. I, mean, I don't want to repeat it on the air. But it was a shocking, shocking word that was used by by the young lad concerned. And he follow, You're in the Dundalk crowd. He follows Dundalk himself, like Zoe and yourself. Yeah. You're, you know what I mean? It's not a. It's not an opposition fan or anything like that. Of course, yeah, yeah. No, it was Dundalk fan, yeah. And Zoe would be well known at all the games and well known in the Dundalk Football Club. So it was hurtful. And unfortunately, Zoe, even though she's only six, she's extremely intelligent. Mm. And she 
felt horrible. Like I, I didn't want to be bullied out of where we were standing. Or and you know, as I said, she had great views. Yeah. So excited. But um, it was so we determined that I, I just need to go, Mom. I'm not welcome here. And that for any mum, it just broke my heart. Like it, it was so hurtful and just so. And then as we walked away, they were all cheering and laughing at us as we walked away. So it was, it was, it was a horrible experience. You try and shield your kids disabled or not it shouldn't have happened like you mm. try and you try and shield them from that kind of stuff and especially those kind of words and stuff especially when you feel it's so directed because that she she has a disability so mm. she was heartbroken and just she wanted to leave but then as we were leaving she wanted to just watch the end of the game but asked could we just watch it away on our own somewhere so we had to just find an area just because she, she want as much as she wanted to leave she didn't want to miss the end of the match mm. so yeah we just watched it then away but yeah, it was a horrible experience to go through. Now, this is exceptional. This person who did this, it's its exceptional, we have to say, because the vast majority of people who go to watch are Dundalk and Drogheda are decent people. They just mm-hmm. go to follow their clubs. And unfortunately, at times, a minority spoils it for the rest. But you were well looked after in the ground and at the game and everything like that. And even Dundalk fans, everybody showed you courtesy and care. Yeah, oh, after we put the post up just just to make people aware that this isn't acceptable, you know, things like that aren't acceptable to be no. saying around young kids. So we just put the post up. It was more awareness. I didn't want it to be like an attack on yes. on the crowd or like definitely didn't want it to look bad about League of Ireland or Drawed FC or Dundalk FC, you know, it was definitely yeah. not representing the, either teams. Yes. And um, first person actually to contact us after the post was Dane Massey um, just telling us that he... He adores Zoe. He hated that that happened. And anytime we're in Dundalk again, or Trotta FC again, he'll make sure she, he has a seat for us. And mm. that was, and then Georgie Poynton, yes. another ex-Dundalk player, now a Trotta, um, follows Zoe's page, always has followed followed her journey. He sent Zoe a lovely video telling her not to worry and not let bullies like make her feel bad. So beautiful, um, beautiful from them. And then everyone at Dundalk FC, the players... Everyone's got in touch, but the supporters, actual Dundalk, Drada, actually all of League of Ireland supporters have been in touch with us. And the outpour has just been, it's been phenomenal. Like I've read most of the comments mm. to Zoe and she's just, she, on Friday night she said, I don't want to go back to another game. I'll watch them on TV. But then after I read all the the comments that she's got and everything, they've, she's really lifted her spirits. And now she feels she does belong there and she's, yes. she's happy to go back. So um, she was actually asked to become a member of the Dundalk Supporters 1903 Club and she's going to um, present Player of the Year next month, or Player of the Month. Lovely. Player next month. And uh, she's going to walk the team out against their next game with UCD. Great, great. Yeah. This is fantastic. And this is what I like to hear. The coming together of all, we may be uh, on different sides when, when the, the game is going on, but we're all at one because we're all followers of the sport and of our local clubs. And it, it's a fantastic, you know this, and I say this to people, if you haven't been, try and get along and support your local clubs because it is so very important. But listen, this has even gone beyond Dundalk. Drogheda, the League of Ireland, it's gone international. Yeah, it has, yeah. Um, so we got ta- contacted by James McLean from the Ireland team and um, he's, he's seen what happened and he wanted to reach out to Zoe to support her and let her know that she's more than welcome to any games. So um, he's invited us to go watch the Saturday match with him and his family in his booth. So 
she's so delighted about that. She said it'll be her first big game in the Aviva. So lovely, over the moon now. She's extremely excited. Ah, oh, it's touched so many people. And we have to say, in fairness to the young man himself, he has absolutely contrite and apologised profusely to you and your family and everybody. Yeah, he has, and. You know, I, a lot of people have saying you should be banned from the club, and I understand that. I understand where they're coming from because you don't want people like that at matches, especially when you're taking young kids. But the pro, the the thing is, he he's a young man, and he owned up to his mistakes, and he's extremely apologetic, and he's disappointed in himself. And the Dundalk FC have talked to him about maybe looking into a disability awareness course or something, and he's fully fully aware and fully wanting to take that on board. He wants to actually meet Zoe himself to apologise because he's extremely disappointed in himself. And I think to make that phone call as a 17-year-old boy to a parent that you've, you've really upset, it's a very hard thing to do. Even for someone my age, it's extremely hard. To- mm. I understand, and we understand what what you're saying, but we, we congratulate him on what he did, uh, and I agree with you. It's the easiest thing to do would be to throw the book at him. You know, at 17 years of age, that, that won't achieve anything. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's. I think awareness that he has now will carry on forward, yes. and that will take him further than any ban or anything like that. So, now I'm delighted. I, like I do. I'm a mum as well. So he's only a 17 year old boy. I had to accept his apology, and I was proud of him for doing it also. Mm. And right, you are to be proud of him, and well done to him. And you know, as I said, you can you saw it there yourself on Friday night. Does a does a growing uh, support. I don't talk. I've had it for a number of years. It's coming back big time now. At Rahada. these youngsters, you know, from their early teens through their into their mid-teens and that. And you, you see the atmosphere on Friday night. You can uh, tell them about that. It was electric up there, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was electric. And you know that Zoe loves that. She loves yeah. being a part of it. She knows all the songs. She loves singing along, and she just loves. Like she, her sisters and all have her weekly dance classes and stuff like that. Zoe doesn't have that. All Zoe has was. Is, is looking forward to the Dundalk games and she would drag us to as many away games as we possibly mm. can go to. You know, So she loves it and she just loves the atmosphere and it is a great atmosphere and it's really good to get kids young into that kind of atmosphere. Yes. Because, you know, it's great to have something to follow. So I just hope that the incident doesn't put other people with young kids off going and I hope it brings awareness also for families with young kids because it can be daunting when there's people yes. cheering and cheering. So it can be daunting, but I, I hope it doesn't put anyone off and I hope the awareness for the young boys show that they have to have a bit of respect as well for who's around them. Well, there you are. Look at the good that's come out of this and lots more good than the negatives as well. Absolutely. And you have so much and she has so much look, to look forward to with Dundalk, her own club, with uh, the invite from James McLean to Ireland. And I'm sure Drogheda will look after you so well when you come back up later in the year too. You know, so uh, all's well that ends well. Wish her well on our behalf and good luck for the rest of the season to you all. Thanks so much, Sherry. Take care. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, Linda Murphy there speaking on behalf of our six-year-old daughter, Zoe. If you have anything to say, uh, we love to hear from you on the show. 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me directly here to studio. That's 086-1800-658. I say it again. It was a fantastic night and the atmosphere and the young support and everything. And you don't want to see that jeopardised in any way. But... 
It's up to the home club to police a game properly and sufficiently and safely for everybody going there. Yes, you can say the fans should behave themselves, but there's exuberance and you lose the run of yourself in the moment. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, people must feel safe and secure going to games and respected. And that is the bottom line here. But again, I say it to finish the story. All's well that ends well. Well, Louise, the weekend it was a double weekend, wasn't it? Double whammy weekend, we'll call Didn't it. Didn't know what by. day it was. <laughs> Actually, you <laughs> would lose the run of yourself, wouldn't you, with the extra days off? Yeah. It was a lovely Saturday, break. you were thinking it was Sunday. Yeah. And Sunday, you yeah. were thinking, ah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It really, it really was like that. But you know, I enjoyed it so much. The four days were, were much appreciated, and of course, the essence of it was the remembering of those who lost their lives to COVID. Uh, mm, the ceremonies yesterday going on, and uh, acknowledging that as well. And of course, COVID cases are high again uh, in this country and hospitalisation. So we really do got to keep a, a, an eye on that. I hope there's not a spike now. I don't mean to be a a purveyor of doom but uh, after the holiday weekend but the parades people love the parades mm. you heard, you got that Great feedback didn't you back, wasn't, wasn't it just it? fantastic and well done to everybody because there were short notice as mm. well you know from they were given the go ahead but people and children who'd never seen a parade you know there were children going to their first parades yeah. and maybe had forgotten about when they saw the last one they were so young so all that coming together and I saw was it in Ratoth that they had um, a kind of guest of honour was um, a local uh, well he is local now, I'm sure, Ukrainian, who just landed in the village. Yes, yes. Oh, my, Which oh, was a nice experience for him as well. Wasn't that just something else to, to come from where he's come from and the devastation that's going on over there? My God, I say it again. I hope to God something happens soon to end uh, what's going on in Ukraine. It is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. I got a card as well. Look, when I came in this morning, uh, Cade Mila hugs. A hug for you on St. Patrick's Day from Kathleen. I think it's from Kathleen Jude. I, if it is Kathleen, thank you very much. Or if it's another <laughs> Kathleen, thanks to that Kathleen as well. I just got it this morning when I arrived in. Well, as I said, top of the show, the weekend for us, was uh, capped off late last evening when my daughter Sarah had a new baby. You need uh, a bit of good news. It's great news. <laughs> yeah, it's great news. It really is. And Ava, Ava, of course, the first of my grandchildren, Ava, will be seven next Sunday. And she's a little sister now. And she's just thrilled. Just a week between she's them. Just, just a lovely. week between the, their birthdays as well. And she has Ava's nose. I've seen the pictures of her already. She's a gorgeous little thing. So um, she is. Am I right in saying they're both Aries? Yeah. That, does one just fall oh, in the well Pisces? Well, now, I don't know. We'll have to check that out where their star signs lie anyway. Anyway, the, the big sister is just waiting to get her home to give her a little hug and hold her, etc. But <laughs> She'd you, be a great minder. <laughs> she will. Yesterday was a worrying day, you know, when, when, when the, uh, the baby's on the way. But thank God everything went well and the baby's healthy. That's all we can thank God for. But anyway, we have Ava, who is uh, the big sister, Pippa. And Harry are Jared, my son's children. And now Olivia joins the other three, number four, as a sister to Ava. So, you know, if we're thinking of a song to play and, you know, the usual ones that come to mind, isn't she lovely, baby, baby, all those type of things. But, you know, today for Olivia Flynn, and by the way, mum and dad are getting married two weeks, two months from the 20th of March. <laughs> they're, getting married. Married. <laughs> they're getting married the 20th of May, which is two months exactly from the day she arrived, uh, which is fantastic. This wedding has been postponed three times because of pandemic, etc. But it is happening, thank God, now. Anyway, I was thinking of a song to welcome little Olivia into the world. And I want to play this one from Karen Waldrop. And I mean every word in this song for this little girl. For her lifetime. I hope you never 
A uh, great day we will have indeed, and that's especially for my new granddaughter, Olivia Flynn, who uh, came into this world late last evening, and we are all thrilled and delighted. Congratulations again to Sarah, Kieran, and Ava. Looking forward to having them home, please God, over the next couple of days. Jerry, that's a shocking story, but it turned out so well. I'm delighted Zoe has got so much support out there, and fair play to the young lad for apologising and the family for accepting it. Good luck to Zoe going forward, says a listener. Jerry, it was a bad night for football. All the children uh, who were up at the game as well uh, and uh, wasn't good news, but turned out well in the end, Mark, I have to say. And there's no doubt uh, a bullet was dodged there. It could have been so much worse at the conclusion of the match. Thank you for your lovely wishes about the new grandchild, Olivia. Thanks indeed. I do appreciate them all. I was reading the weather there. It is a few degrees cooler near the coast. There's an east wind there that it shave you, but by God, doesn't it dry up the land? when you get the east wind in March no matter what rain you've had now I move on on the show today I move on but I'm I'm going backwards as well because I still have the email and notes would you believe it from the last time my next guest was in studio with me and it goes back to 2017 and on that occasion we were talking about his new book called What Footprint? The Smart Citizen's Guide to Save Energy in the Built Environment. By God do we need this book now and am I delighted to say hello again to Paul O'Reilly. Hello Paul. Hello Jerry. nice to talk to you again and uh, just firstly congratulations uh, on your arrival. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I do appreciate all of the good wishes and thank you for for mentioning it again. Paul, uh, it's back to the future. I was looking at, would you believe, it's funny, I kept your book close to me. Um, Mind you, I mightn't have opened it in recent times, but by God, I opened it since the beginning of the year and I had the notes and even the correspondence we had. Would you just context this for me, please, first? The rise in cost in energy that's really spiked. The war is the reason or was there an underlying current before that? There certainly was an underlying current. Yeah, it was a, there was a couple of couple of things, and it kind of happened in 2021. And um, in my own view, kind of 2021 was the um, the tipping point for climate change and for energy awareness. And um, a lot of things happened. I mean, for instance, the pandemic was there, and the, the fact that we had just come out of a pandemic, we were all off guard a little bit in terms of storage of, of electricity, of gas, and of various energy services. And the system got caught out last year. Mm. And then you have, we were taken off the coal-fired stations. We just closed down most of the Midlands generation power stations based on peat and fossil fuels. So the system, everything was down. And then you had the oil, uh, the oil kind of, the, and the gas prices rising. And yes. we were effectively caught off guard. So they, they had come last year. I mean, there was, there was you know, even up to 200% price rise in the wholesale cost of, of um, gas and oil. And that didn't really manifest itself till the end of the year and, and this year because most of us are on kind of fixed contracts. Yes. So the energy companies were caught and now we're paying the price. Isn't that interesting that those things underpinned and this has just now exasperated what has happened with, with the war and the gas and oil situation. Now, for, from a, a listener's perspective today, they're keen to hear from you uh, as to what perhaps we can do immediately to, you know, um, mitigate and, 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 and reduce our spend on energy. Uh, where would you start in, in simple terms? So it's in simple terms, and it's, it's very simple terms. And even going back to the day I wrote the book, which is only six years ago, it was a first step in terms of energy efficiency. 
is very simple. It's read the bills. And it's something most people don't do today. We don't read our electricity bills. We kind of tend to ignore them a little bit. And we're quite happy for them to be estimated. Um, so therefore, we have no idea how much we're spending. And I kind of likened it myself to, you know, if we got a bank statement from our banks at the end of the month and told you you'd use £1,000, but just a figure, not where you'd spent it. You'd have no idea how to budget or how to make savings. So the first step is to read the bill in the first place. And then secondly, make sure it's, it's not an estimated bill. Because if it's estimated, you know, we're given the, the power company the authority to guess how much energy we've used, which is, you know, you'd never do that with your bank statement. No. Allow the, allow the bank guess what you might use based on what you used last month or spent last month. Yes. So reading the bill and the second step really is we have to measure. We just have to measure what we're using. I mean, nothing can be managed that isn't measured. And um, not to cost money, but there are some simple things out there. There's some simple, you know, ranging from 50 euro to 100 euro, little monitors available in marketplaces and some of the hardware stores. And um, that will actually tell you what amount, the amount of energy that you're using in the moment. So then you can kind of break it down into, you know, heating systems, uh, uh, refrigeration, lights, pumps, TVs, and all the other bits and pieces. Because... Um, you know, if, we, if we're just getting one figure at the end of the month, it's very hard to kind of drill down into it. So you really do have to drill down a little bit. But it doesn't necessarily have to cost money to drill down. It just has, takes a little bit of awareness. OK, now tell me about, I'm keen about this. What are these monitors? What do they plug into? How do they break it down between all the different appliances in the house? OK, they're, they're a simple device. They clamp onto the incoming mains. Um, the basic one is it's called one that I'm not fairly aware of. It's an hour micro. Um, you have a little monitor. So you clamp it onto the incoming mains. There's a little transmitter that talks to the monitor. This is DIY. This is not... Yes. Not what do you mean clamp onto the mains for an idiot you're talking to now that hasn't hands to bless himself when it comes to <laughs> doing things like this? What do you mean? So basically you go round to where your meter box is. Yes. Open the door and a little triangular device opens the meter box. Yep. You see your meter and there'll be three wires entering into it they're usually usually exposed and if they're not you do need an electrician okay um brown um green and red now they might vary in color but it's the brown wire the live wire you're looking for and this is a little clamp it's just a wraparound clamp that just clips around that and it's a magnet in it and that magnet then measures the, the velocity of the current going through it so it measures the, the strength of the current and that converts it back into what's what energy the house is using, or the office, or the building. Yes, um, so it can break it down for you. Now, when you say a live wire, you're not touching live, you're putting it on the plastic cable on the outside put, of the wire, the coating. Absolutely, and there's, there's, yeah. you know, the, the instruments come, and there's different varieties out there, but they all come with full instructions. Okay, Okay. but if you're in doubt, uh, don't tackle anything like that without a professional, get an electrician or somebody to help you. But anyway, you clamp that on, where does that send its reading to? How, do, how is it read then? Okay, so now now you get a little you have a little monitor, and okay, the cheapest one, fifty euros, it will allow you tell in the moment how much electricity you're using. So, for instance, if you clamp it on and then you you, you see your monitor, and let's say for instance it's reading, you've turned everything off in the house, yeah. and it's reading two hundred watts. Um, that means that the house with nothing on, just basic load, is using two hundred watts. Somewhere that might be a fridge and some points, some yeah. Um, TVs that are left on standby. So if you turn on, for instance, turn on your toaster, and in a few moments, within 10 seconds, it'll tell you, it'll jump by, say, 2,500, which means your toaster is 2,500 kilowatts. So you now know your toaster is using that amount. Okay. If you have, say, some people have a little bunch of lights, you know, might have six lights or 10 lights in a ceiling. Yeah. You don't know what wattage they are, but if you 
turn them off, see what the rating is, turn them on again. And if, for instance, if you get 10 lights and it jumps by 1,000, well, then you know each light is worth yeah, 100 yeah. kilowatts, 100 watts. Yes, yeah, so you're, you're getting the wattage for everything. You're measuring what everything is using. How do you convert or how do you monetize that? Basically, so a kilowatt is a unit of electricity. So all of the companies that charge you for electricity, they charge it per unit. But a unit is a kilowatt. Yeah. And a kilowatt is a thousand watts. Yes. Um, so basically, if something is using 500 watts, that's half a kilowatt. Yeah. But it has to use it for a full hour. Mm. So in other words, if you have a one kilowatt heating unit and you leave it on for an hour, that's one kilowatt for one hour, so that's one unit. Yes. If you turned it off after half an hour, it'd be half a, un- half a kilowatt, 500 watts, which is half a unit, which is half the price of a unit. Okay, I see. And, and your unit price, you'll be, you'll, you can get that from your bill? You can. The average price, unit price today is 30 cents. I mean, it, you know, your bill might say you've been charged 22 cents plus fat. Yeah. When you add in the VAT and the PSO, understanding charge it averages out about 30 cent so okay. if you use 30 cent as a rule of thumb so um yes that'll tell so, you so how much each unit is costing you c- coming back and be, be a bit pedantic here but i want to get it yep. clear in yep. my mind and listeners minds you have to d- work this process yourself going turning off going back to the meter taking the readings and then you're building the picture is that the way it is yourself that's exactly it. Okay. Now, there, there, is just, there, there is an alternative to that, but it's much more expensive. You can put a little clamp on all of the services and then you get a reading for uh, lights, heating systems, yes. fridges. But to be honest, that's a little bit too expensive okay. for domestic Okay. Cars. Now, there's a little bit of work on this, but you're saying to me, and you're right, if you don't have the data, if you don't have the information, how the hell can you tackle the problem? Completely. And I mean, SCAI, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, estimate that there's a 20% saving in most houses for just passive moves. In other words, without using technology, just for what you might do, turn off lights, um, yeah. you know, watch your refrigeration, you want to clean the fins on it to make sure that it's, it's not overheating, um, turn off the, any pumps that are not necessary, heating immersion systems, yeah. you know, you have them on and off. When, oh, Jesus, when leaving necessary. the immersion on overnight was it was in, in our house, it, 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 you'd nearly pay with your life if you did that because that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's really throwing money down the drain, isn't it? Leaving an immersion running for hours. Yeah, well, what I would say to people, because we do that for, for a lot of, mainly for businesses, but it's the same, same system for domestic houses. But if you've got this little unit sitting on your cooker, sitting on a yeah. sideboard, and you're about to leave for the weekend and you have a read of it, and if it's reading 1,200 or 1,500, you know something is running in the house that shouldn't be. Yes. And so, I mean, for instance, if you had left the immersion on, you don't even have to go upstairs to check the little red yeah. light. Yeah. You will see it on this monitor. It'll have, it'll have jumped to. Yes. immersions can use 2,500 watts or 3,500 watts. Yes. So you'll um, know. And, and look at what I have you now. You put the little clamp outside in the meter and then you have the reading thing in your house and you can look at that and, and work away on that basis. Um. Things you said there, like turn off the lights. What about at night time, the little red lights that are on video machines? Uh, not video, where's, what am I talking about? They're not even DVDs. That's on the Skybox, for example. <laughs> Let me say that. You know those little lights that are on your television left on standby, your computer? Should you turn all those off every night? Well, here, just to picture what, what those are, what they're using. I mean, the average little red light sitting on a TV is using at least one watt. Okay. Mm. Now, one watt is not a lot. Mm. But if it's on and sitting there, and if you never turned your TV on, you just left that red light on, um, there's 8,700 hours in a year. So you multiply 8,700 by one, and you get 8,700 watts. Yes. So the ones to watch are those continuous loads. 
mean, mm-hmm. when you turn on your toaster, you have it on for maybe three minutes. It's, it might have a heavy load, but it's for a very short length of time. Yes. Um, so it's the, it's, I mean, people have put in LED lights and they think that's fantastic, which it is. But a five watt LED light left on continuously because people might think it's not used a lot. It's five by 8,700. So suddenly, you know, it's the 24 seven items that are costing the money. Yes. Um, because uh, the, the unit of electricity is, is, uh, is time by power. So time is a big factor in energy. And we don't, we seem to forget that. We think it's just the big loads. Mm. It's the small loads by big times. That add up. Paul, just to come back to the home again, you cover the little lights that are on, the lighting. That's great advice about the monitor. Honestly, I can see the huge benefits in that. It goes without saying, we've mentioned it lots of times, insulating the house in the attic, the walls, etc. What about that whole area and windows? Absolutely. I mean, just, just to firstly say in relation to any upgrades that people are thinking of doing, there's tremendous support from SEAI, Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, for doing that. And those supports this year have got even stronger. I mean, up to 80% now, it's the cost of externally insulating a house. Um, and attics have gone up to, I think it's nearly 80%, plus other figures. So there's a whole menu of costs for the various items. Just in the attic, stay in the attic with me for a minute because I had mine done a few years back with a good big air uh, layer of insulation and I could really see the difference and feel the difference. Now, we're a two-storey house. Some people say, ah, it's not as important as a two-storey house, more important in a bungalow. What do you say to that? Well, I think, to be honest, I think attics, walls and floors are all equally important. I mean, certainly, you know, as I say, heat rises, but heat also travels by other methods, you know, out through doors, windows and floors. So I think I think um, an attic insulation is, is certainly primary because it's probably the, the uh, cheapest and simplest form of insulation. But, um, and the levels of insulation now, I mean, you know, have, have the recommended levels are certainly, they're increasing, not year on year, but every few years they increase mm. the recommended level. But, um, Doors, floors, windows and air tightness, they're all becoming big factors as we start to nearly turn the art of energy in a house into a science. Yes, and you, you know you've heard, and, and look at you, you're, it's, it's like a sucking eggs for you because you deal with this, but I, I heard talk of, you know, this wrapping your house on the outside, you know, p- you know the pump into the walls with the foam, whatever, that's one way, of course, but you know this wrap around on a house, you're familiar with this? Absolutely, yeah. No, my own view on the wraparound is the, it's like putting a nice cosy coat on and zipping it up. You know, it has to be the best method. Um, when you go inside and you start, to, even if you're pumping the, the cavity walls, um, you don't really know how good a job you're doing. And mm. you might have little bits of cold bridging at junctions. Whereas you go around the outside, you know you've covered your house. So um, even even cavity, even houses with cavity walls are equal, you know, the best solution is to is to externally wrap them. And, and you know, when you talk about, my house is a brick house, lovely looking brick house and that, what do you wrap it with? Does the brick disappear? Uh, unfortunately, um, the, two things. Yes, the brick disappears, unfortunately. Um, but there is a, the insulation and the products are so specialised now that they can cope with that. That can give you pretty much the same effect. Um, it won't be brick, but it can be the same effect on the outside of the insulation. Mm. Um, there's some classic, classic examples of that where they've replicated stone and brick and different finishes. Mm. But it is an issue. I mean, that, that is and certainly on listed houses and different, you know, yes, nice yes. ornate brick. It, it, is a, it is a limiting But But factor. you're saying the very best way is to wrap on the outside, regardless of anything else, if you want it, as you said, you use the coat analogy there. What about windows and glass? What do you recommend? Uh, type of glass or how many double, triple, quadruple glaze what? 
Um, my own mind, first of all, if it's, if it's a retrofit, um, double glazed is probably sufficient, but the quality of the glass itself is very important because you can picture, you know, your glass house effect. You know, if, when the sun's shining on the outside, it's heating up the house, which is fine. But some rooms, you know, um, mightn't be livable in if, they're, you know, if, if, the, if there's too much heat coming in. So you want to limit a little bit of the reflection. But equally, there's a thermal layer that goes on the inside to stop the same heat going back out again. Um, so the quality of the glass and specifying the glass itself is, is critical. But a double layer is sufficient. Treble layer is the bee's knees, you know, but it can mm. be quite costly. Mm. Um, so and equally, the frames the, and the frames on the windows and, and the doors, for that matter. Yeah, are, yeah. are important too. So there you are. It is the quality of the glass. And you need to talk to people about that. There's, I'm sure there's a variety of options there in the market. There absolutely is, and it, it certainly should be the first question is, you know, the quality, because it does cost you that little bit extra to put these extra layers on mm. them, but it's well worth it because the, the windows can become the heaters of the house uh, rather than the opposite. You know, they get the right amount of heat coming in and little, very little heat going out. They become like radiators, you know. Yes. Certain Even on a day like today, I mean, glass today, it's, cool. it's a warm enough day out, but the glass, the heat can come in from the various windows and um, heat the solid floors, walls, and that will retain itself for the evening. So yes, yes. So there's, there's great opportunity with, with good days like this. What about you, you? The meter is where you started. Smart meters, you don't have an estimated bill. It does the reading, yes, every month itself, and you, you'd be confident in that? Yeah, the, the smart meter is... Um, um, sorry, this is the new install of smart yes. meters that the government is doing. Yes. Yeah, fantastic idea, fantastic promotion of them. But one of the difficulties are is that the smart meter is talking to the utility company and the power company. It's not talking to the resident mm. unless you walk over to the meter and read it like you've read the old ones, which nobody does. Um, I mean, I think it's a bit of a misstep that, they, they, that that amount of information is going to the utility company and it's not coming into the house owner. So I think there's a bit of a gap there that, that I think, you know, after most of these get installed, um, yeah. I think people might start to raise issues with. I know one reason the government don't want to have a monitor in that talks to the smart meter. If, for instance, the monitor missteps, the monitor might have a lesser reading than the fiscal smart meter and confusion will take place. Yes. But, um, but certainly the smart meters are a fantastic opportunity to have that information to the householder, but it's not planned that way at the moment. Okay. Um, there's loads I could talk to you about, but just perhaps to, fin- to finish today, heat pumps and the alternative to having a kerosene or oil tank heating your house as I have, where do you stand on? Well, I mean, let's say, say apart from where I stand, the system and the government and um, those, the powers that be, want to wean us off fossil fuels and they want to wean us on to heat pumps because heat pumps are quite energy efficient. In other words, for every um, kilowatt of energy that you put into a heat pump, you get three back. So it's what they call a coefficient of, of um, production. They give you three times the energy output. So they're very efficient. And they come from, an, uh, the generate their, their power comes from electricity. And solar and wind are starting to generate the power for us in this country. So it's all, it's becoming defossilized. Mm. So heat pumps are very good. The exception, of course, is that, that you need a very energy efficient house to use a heat pump. Yes. Because a heat pump doesn't take temperatures up to 60 and 70 like the old fossil fueled um, boilers it takes them up to you know 30 40 so you need constant heat yes um, yeah it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a completely new concept altogether you're fascinating where can people check you out more your website yeah um I've, my domestic website is my eco hub and my commercial website is whatfootprint.com 
Okay. And, um, you know, because businesses are being hit particularly hard with their costs because um, yeah. they're not necessarily on fixed rates for a year. They could be on the wholesale market prices. So they're very much affected by this. And as they are, we are, because we're, the cost of products are going up. Okay. Yeah. So myecohub.com again, is it? Boat.com Boat.com for the, the business end of things we will be back to you I will not be leaving it this length of time because this is something that's set to roll and uh, the focus on it will continue over the weeks and months ahead thank you for joining me again Paul I really enjoyed our conversation Great to talk to you, Jerry. Thank you indeed. Cheers now. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Paul O'Reilly there. A sound man. Lots in that there uh, to consider, isn't it? And there are savings to be had. Coming back to a story we featured on Late Lunch last year in relation to a wastewater treatment uh, plant at Dawn Meats and uh, it being connected into the River Boyne. And I'm joined on the line by Aidan Ring from Save uh, the Boyne. Hello, Aidan. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Who are Save the Boyne? Okay, so Save the Boyne is a, it's a small, basically it's a collective of concerned citizens that uh, it originally began as a, a social media group uh, that was set up in response to this um, proposal by Dawn Meats. And now it's kind of, uh, it's grown legs and it's now we're kind of, uh, we're having networking events and we're, you know, continuing to try to raise awareness of this issue. Uh, we've got a website uh, that people can visit if they want to and uh, also on all the social media groups. Yeah. Now, as I said, I'm coming back to this. We spoke about it on the show. It must be a year ago or last year sometime. Why is it? But why? Why is it? Why do you want to bring it back uh, to the forefront again around this time? What's happening? What's changed? Yes. Uh, so, just uh, to say, I wish I didn't have to bring it back to the forefront because, um, yeah, it's uh, in my opinion, in our opinion, it's uh, it's a proposal that really shouldn't be entertained at all. But it has come back up now because what's happened is. Um, well, the context is that in, in 2021, as you say, uh, Don Meads made a proposal to build this pipeline that would, if it was built, it would discharge uh, about half a million litres of effluent into the Boyne per day from their meat factory. Um, so uh, there were about 400 planning objections made at the time. Uh, a lot of them were kind of uh, to do with us uh, and uh, a lot of people involved in, say, the Boyne. And now what's happened is that... Uh, so at that time, uh, on board Planala asked for more information. Uh, so they asked for a further ecology assessments and impact assessments, and uh, Don Meads did that. And now it's uh, through to the second round of review. Okay. And people now have the uh, ability to again until April 7th. So that's why we're kind of uh, we're bringing it up again, because it needs to be addressed. Okay, great. That's so. April the seventh, you have if you want to make a comment or object uh, to this proposal. That's the key date, and that's why it's back on the agenda. Well, I'm, if I'm looking at it from a Dawn Meats point of view, um, you know, they say that you know the water or the discharge is treated fully in this plant before it goes into the river. What do you say to that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, like, of course they're going to say that, but um, so. Our concern is that uh, um, technically and chemically, looking at their own impact assessments, uh, I'm going to read you a couple of quotes here from their own uh, further information um, 
assessments, they say that water quality may be impacted upon due to an increase in nutrients which may arise from water surface runoff, uh, suspended solids, uh, or by the discharge of treated effluent emissions, um, which can result in uh, deoxygenation of waters and subsequent asphyxia. So they're saying basically that, you know, it may it may you know have an impact on water quality. So like you know even though it's fully treated, it still may have an impact. And then they further say a deterioration in water quality would impact upon uh, aquatic flora and fauna, negatively affect the fishery industry, and in severe cases may impact upon any water-based leisure activities and amenities of the area. So um, yeah, and furthermore, a deterioration in water quality has the potential to adversely impact upon drinking water quality. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things where, yes, I mean, I mean, personally, and, you know, we at Save the Boyne, we don't, you know, believe that over time it's not going to cause uh, the water quality to deteriorate based on based on these reports. Uh, but also, I would put it to anybody out there, you know, why why take the risk in the first place? And we're talking about drinking water. I mean, you know, surely you don't want to have you know, industrial meat factory effluent, you know, in those same waterways. Um, another thing to note is that uh, so uh, the EU Water Quality Framework Directive, which is legally binding, says that we have to aim for good status of all of our waterways by 2027. Mm. Uh, so at the moment, the Boyne's uh, water quality status is classed as moderate. And uh, I mean, it's very hard to see how uh, an industrial effluent pipeline could, you know, uh, contribute to uh, it achieving good status. I mean, surely that's going to, if anything, cause it to go in the opposite direction. So that's a legally binding EU framework thing. Um, so, you know, you know, the risks uh, of, you know, the impact on the local economy, the impact on public health, the impact on the restoration capacity for people's psychological health of the River Boyne, uh, you know, and the, overall, the public goods kind of drastically outweigh the potential benefits of you know, you know, making the you know Don Don meets uh, you know shareholders slightly more wealthy. You know, in you know, in, <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I, I know, I understand what you're getting at there. They've issued a statement. It's the same statement I read on this program uh, a year ago to say that they're committed to environmental sustainability. I'm paraphrasing from it here because it's quite a long statement. Uh, they yeah. say that the treatment plant will have a positive impact on the wider Painstown area through the removal of tanker traffic from local roads. And third party studies have risk assessed no negative impact on the River Boyne or surrounding habitats. Are you familiar with those third party studies? Third party studies, I mean, are these, these are by the um, uh, what was this? Um, They're saying uh, as well, they want to say that the site is licensed by the EPA um, Who is the author of that, if you have the author there, or the like? It was it was uh, outsourced, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, well, they say third party. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that really contradicts what you said. That you, did you you were reading from from the, from a, a document, a Don Meats document there yourself, were you? Yeah, that had uh, that they themselves had. Uh, did they issue that publicly, or is that something you've just got your hands on? 
Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a available publicly. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Now, they, they counteract that this in the statement, and uh, yeah. they go on to say, like, the investment required for the pro- proposed development demonstrates Dawnmead's commitment to the Painstown area. It'll have a positive impact on the local economy, employment, yeah. construction, uh, spending on local goods and services. Uh, and, and again, they go on to say, a Natura impact statement was prepared as part of the application uh, as well. So that it's quite comprehensive in the response response to this you know yeah yeah as, as, as it would be i'm sure and um, but uh, we've we ourselves reached out to john Wheat, uh, a few times and they've been uh, they haven't been willing to engage with us and okay. they haven't been willing to engage with the local community on this issue um also just a couple of other things about john meets is that they were there they have been the subject of uh, an illegal discharge fine in 2017 by the epa uh, for, you know, that was a pollution thing that they failed to report. And also, uh, in terms of the license for that facility, the license is issued on the basis of the fact that they would transport the waste in trucks yes. to Ringsend. Yes, yes, and uh, I, I see that. Yeah, they say that, yeah. with the, with, you know, it would cut down on the, the traffic with lorries uh, taking it away to where you say um, the, the yeah. fine, it, you know, the fi- they've been fined and they've paid that and I'm sure they've put that right, uh, that incident you mentioned a moment ago. Anyway, look, the bottom line is here, you and your group, Save the Boyne, are really concerned. You're saying to listeners today, uh, objections or uh, if you want to say something on this, have to be made by the 7th of April. Where? How do people comment on this? Yeah, so that's... Uh uh, the place to do that is uh, Meath County Council website. The okay. um, the uh, the planning application is uh, number two one four two four, and uh, the way to do that, like all the instructions, are there on the um, okay on the uh, the website. Also, you can find more information about about this issue on uh, our website, savetheboyne.org. Uh, so there's kind of templates there, and there's um. Uh, there's other resources that you can use to inform your your application. Just another point, though, about the uh, the pipeline construction issue and the uh, the employment that, that would generate. It's also like you know, it's also worth mentioning that like you know, one man's you know, one person's uh, uh, blessing is another person's curse because you know the people who actually live along the area that the pipeline will be constructed are going to be negatively impacted by the disruption of the Mm. construction and I've been there myself several times and it's a very very beautiful place you know it's horrible to think of it like you know all the noise and all the dust that's going to impact on the the local communities who don't who clearly don't want this they're unequivocal the people who live along the Boyne have made many many objections to this so like you know the local community definitely are not in favour. Okay, and, and, and it's good to make that point. And I understand your concern. I'm an angler myself and I've fished the boyne for years and I love the bones of it, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, and uh, but it's important to say that, uh, you know, this is an ongoing process and if people have objections and want to make comment and want to engage with this, time is of the essence. April the 7th, Mead County Council planning application 21424 or save the boyne.com. Org. Speak now or forever hold your peace, as they say. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Aidan. Thank you very much for your time. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Aidan Ring from Save the Boyne. And water quality is such an important thing in the context of the environment and sustainability. The drinking water in Trim is pure. Uh, yes, I can't say it. It stinks for the last three weeks. I spend four euro a day on bottled water to live. 
uh, says a listener to me and another one says there water quality is paramount Jerry. we got to protect it it's a precious uh, resource thanks indeed for your messages keep them coming to us 086-1800-658 by whatsapp or text win a feckin house Win a feckin' car, win a feckin' fortune, win a feckin' wedding is the next one. Hello, Theresa Hannity. Hello, Jerry. How are you? <laughs> well, I've been facetious there. I just loved the feckins when they came with that one. It's win a lovely wedding, should I say, with Stabann and Parnells. Theresa, you're onto something different to the rest of them here. We are, Jerry. We've teamed up with Bellingham Castle to give one lucky couple um, the chance to win the wedding of their dreams, I guess in Bellingham Castle plus a honeymoon package or a cash alternative of €20,000 and it's all for the price of only €20. You are the best value in town in Stabannon. Absolutely. Have to hand it to you in Midloud. The others will screw you north, south, east and west but Midloud they're doing it for 20 quid and you could win a wedding. Tell me this, if I won it and sure I have no intention of ever walking down the aisle again to be honest with you, can I give it to somebody? The answer to that is probably no that the winning tickets, whoever wins the wedding um, wins the wedding but the prize is valid Jerry up until December of 2025. You can take a cash <laughs> alternative of 20,000 euros. Oh, so I could take the money. Yeah. I was thinking I was going to have to divorce her, divorce her, and arrange another wedding with her again and take it on. We wouldn't like to be responsible for that, Harry. No, no, not at all. Oh, sure, the cash alternative is there, of course. Uh, But it's a great prize for €20, isn't it? It's a brilliant prize and I suppose, look, it was the brainchild of a number of people on the, the Spann and Parnell committee, um, I suppose really led by Gronya Lynch and um, on that committee as well too is Mags Briscoe, Anthony Briscoe, Olivia Hickey, Brendan McConnell and Kira Brennan and I suppose all of us collectively working together over the last couple of months to come up with something, I suppose, as you said, you mentioned some of the prizes that clubs have been given away over the last number of, of months, but just to do something different yeah. um, and we thought that this would be something different and as you said, it's that a an affordable price, we think, um, and the cash alternative is a brilliant cash alternative, I think, as well, to walk away with €20,000, second prize, 3500 and third prize is 1500 Good. in euro as well. And, yeah, because it's a unique element of it, I guess, as well, too, Jerry, is that we are supporting the RD and District Cancer Support um, Group, yes. and that is led by Rose McCusker who is the chairperson of that group, and they are looking to set up a facility equivalent to, I suppose, the Gary Kelly Centre yes. in Drogheda that you'd be well familiar with. Or Karen Dundalk, yes. Karen Dundalk, yes. Yeah. And look, as we all know, cancer is something that's probably come to a lot of our doors, um, either directly to our families or, you know, friends, or indirectly in some way we all know somebody who's been affected by it. So we were delighted to team up with the group and with Rose um, to offer them you know, I suppose some um, a donation as part of yes. the fundraiser, and we've currently donated two thousand euro to that group well as them in terms of what they're trying to do for the Midlife area. Ah, good idea. And on you. then hopefully we'll be able to do a bit more. I suppose depending on how ticket sales go between now and the end of this week. Okay, and that is great, and it's good to think of them, and every euro for them is so important in uh, fulfilling this dream that they have to set up a base there in the in the RD area. Um, so, uh, well, it goes without saying, my son was married there, Bellingham Castle. What a venue! What a venue! I've been to a number of weddings in it myself, and Kira Carlin and her team down in Bellingham Castle would be absolutely delighted, I suppose, to welcome the lucky couple if they do decide to take the prize of win a wedding. In down there and you have I suppose exclusive access to the grounds within Bellingham Castle an afternoon reception five course meal wine and prosecco during your meal and an evening um, 
in an evening, I suppose, reception as well, too, for the lucky couple. And, yes. yeah, Kira would just be delighted. It's a fantastic oh. venue to have here in our doorstep. Yeah, the wonderful. And, yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. Now, quickly, tickets. Where can they be got? You can get our tickets. You can go on to our website. It's debandonparnells.clubforce.com or you can follow us on all of our social media channels, which are Facebook, Parnells GFC, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And we will be... A link there to buy your tickets online or we have the details of any of the committee members' names Lovely. and phone numbers on our Facebook page there where you can go and buy your ticket. And again, as I said, they're, they're only 20 euro. We will be available up until... Cut-off point will probably be around lunchtime on Sunday, but up until then you can buy your ticket for okay. 20 euro. Great stuff, Teresa. We wish you well with the draw and well done on supporting RD and District Cancer Support Group. Good luck to everybody. Get your tickets and may the uh, luck be on your side with the Bannon Parnells. Thanks for joining me, Teresa. Thanks a million, Jerry. Thank Take you. Take care of yourself. Bye. Uh, thank you for your messages to the show of good wishes again. My new granddaughter, Olivia, was born yesterday and we're all thrilled. Jerry says, Aiden, spring is on the way. It certainly is. Aiden sent me a beautiful picture of a wonderful chestnut tree in Phoenix Park that he's taken today and you can see the buds about to burst forth on it. This weather will certainly bring it on the week ahead. It's great forecast. Chilly along the coast, but dry and plenty of sunshine. Uh, great to look forward to, to get out and about. Um, Jerry, would you ever consider bringing somebody on to late lunch to talk about home energy efficiency grants? We will. We'll do that for you. I think that's a good suggestion indeed to build on our chat with Paul O'Reilly on the show today. We'll get working away on that and Louise will come up. Trump's as usual, I'm sure, on that one. We'll do that for you. Uh, thanks indeed for getting in touch with us. Now, I'm uh, featuring a soundtrack from a movie, a musical at this time on late lunch this year and my choice this week well, it being St. Patrick's uh, Festival Week and just in the afterglow of it, is an Irish movie. The commitments I'm picking this week, yes, the movie and subsequent musical are based, as you know, on Roddy Doyle's 1987 novel. It was the first of the Barrytown trilogy, which was followed by The Snapper and The Van. The movie itself in the making, it was a modest enough budget, they reckon between 12 and $15 million dollars. Uh, made it and it was shot in Dublin uh, between August and October 1990. You know the plot, young Jimmy Rabbit aspires to put together an Irish soul band and all that that entails, culminating in a performance with the legendary Wilson Pickett, a dream that comes so close to being realised but alas, never does. The movie doesn't have an original film score in the context of my soundtrack, but features a range of well-known R&B songs that were eventually selected from a shortlist, listen to this, what a job this person had, of a thousand songs. They started off with a thousand and ended up with the uh, songs in the movie. And did you know that the chosen songs were actually recorded live by the band themselves, which added so much to their authenticity. Today, I begin a week of the commitments with this one. Yeah, Bye Bye Baby from The Commitments, my featured soundtrack from the movie and musical this week. Originally a hit in 1960 on the Motown label for Mary Wells and adapted and performed brilliantly on the movie 
as part of the movie The Commitments. More about it in music and words around about this time tomorrow afternoon on Late Lunch. We finish off this first day of the new week with a group of young people who, well, had an unforgettable St. Patrick's Day. Where? In Euro Disney near Paris. They're with us next. I mentioned St. Patrick's Day parades, how welcome it was to see them back and the enjoyment it brought to so many this year, thank God, after the uh, few years of the pandemic. And lots from Ireland headed away from the country as well to celebrate with others abroad. One such group from County Meath made their way to Paris and Euro Disney. And I'm joined on the line, firstly, by Michal Care, musical director with Gluish. Hello, Michal. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Tell us about this uh, ad- adventure for St. Patrick's Day to Euro Disney. W- was it long in the planning? How did it come about? Um, well, I suppose, yeah, we've been, it's, it's the process you can apply to Disneyland to perform. Um, and we had, we had travelled over there back in 2017. Uh, but with the new groups I had uh, in the past few years, this was a new experience for them. So with COVID restrictions lifting before Christmas, um, we, we thought we'd put, a, put in an application and see Disneyland come back to us and said that there was, they weren't accepting any applications till this summer because they didn't know how it was going. Um, but then I suppose the things went eased up a little bit, so they came back and they said to put in our application anyway ahead of time. So we were in for the running for St. Patrick's Day. Um, and if we were selected, so we were the only group to be brought out for St. Patrick's Day. We were the only group there then on the day um, to represent Ireland. And we did two shows. So, it, it, yeah, it's a process that you have to go through, I suppose, mm. really from late September, early October. Uh, things were looking unlikely for a long time, as you can imagine, coming up to Christmas because with, the, with how we went back into a lockdown. So we had fingers and toes crossed that we would get. And thankfully, it all just worked out in our favour and we got to travel soon. Ah, good on you. Well done. How many were in the group in total? So there's 37 travelled with us. So good. they're all students here in school. We're a secondary school. Um, and they range from first years to sixth year students. So it was 37 altogether. OK, so an, a nice mix. And you played to a, a crowd of over 2,000 in Euro Disney. Well, uh, combined, yeah. yeah. One of the shows was 650. And the other one, I think, they clocked about 850 seats uh, were taken. So, yeah. And then, I suppose, when they were doing their kind of impromptu performance and all that. So, yeah, they did two shows on St. Patrick's Day in the entirety, yeah. Yeah, but 2,000 people, I believe, saw you over that uh, for the duration there. Exciting times and great to be able to go again and, and uh, you know parade the talent that we have in the heart of a huge probably Europe's most important entertainment venue Who who's there with you could I have a chat uh, with is Absolutely. Kylie is Kylie Britton there? there yeah yeah, yeah. I told you over hey, thank you so much for having us on not at all Kylie delighted to have you with me on the show what did you sing? Oh, so we sang um, we sang a variety of songs. So we did a Disney melody. So I myself sang um, "Just Can't Wait to Be King," and we also the dancers did "Lord the Dance," and we did a variety of songs. We changed it for both shows. Fantastic! One of my favourite songs from the Lion King, which I featured on this show just a few weeks ago. All the music from it as well. Uh, good on you. Um, to 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 travel uh, out and be away on St Patrick's Day. Your first time to be out of the country for the celebrations. It was indeed. It was my first time out of the country. Um, it was my first time experiencing St Patrick's Day out of Ireland. But it was such. I couldn't dream of a better place to be to celebrate the day. It was fabulous. 
And we uh, mentioned there uh, you had uh, the two formal concerts, you had the impromptus as well. Um, did you uh, shoot, do I believe you, you did something at the Eiffel Tower when you were over there as well, yeah? We did indeed. We did um, the dancers dance to I Tell Me Ma. So we sang I Tell Me Ma right outside, um, right in front of the Eiffel Tower. Um, which I believe is now hit 70,000 views on Facebook. My God, yeah, it's, it's gone wild altogether with the number of people who've looked at it. It's really caught uh, the imagination for sure. So something you'll remember for the rest of your life. Very special memories, Kylie. It is. It's honestly a memory I'll cherish forever. Great stuff. Put me on to Zoe Murray there, the I dancer, please. Hi there. Hi Zoe. Well, Irish dancing on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, indeed. Can't get better than that. <laughs> indeed, and you can't. Uh, tell me about you and the group and what you dance to. Um, well, we're a group, a track group, as you know. There's uh, nine dancers and um, we dance to all types of songs. We, did, uh, we started off the dance the, uh, we started off the show with Paint Town Green. We did the famous Lord of Dance by Michael Flatley. Lovely. Crowd favourite, like Tell Me Ma. Yeah, now yeah. you're talking. Great song. Amazing, yeah. Great song. But but Lord of the, the Dance, of course, with River Dance, and that's what, you know, it's synonymous now with Ireland. People really react yeah, exactly. to that, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's such it's such a crowd pleaser. They, they go wild for it, so they do. Mm. What about Euro Disney itself? I take it you had a bit of downtime to experience all the thrills and spills oh, of the park there, did you? Definitely, absolutely. It was great going on all the roller coasters, just the magic of Disney. Do you like roller coasters? Oh, I'm telling you something, I am an adrenaline junkie. I absolutely <laughs> love it. The roller coasters were just fabulous. They were nearly good. They were nearly as good as the show itself. Oh my God, I'll tell you, I'm the total opposite of you. You know the little roundabouts, the magic roundabout on the ground oh, that yeah, go round. Oh, I just love them. Leave me on those. I'll leave the. I'll. I, I've. I've tried the roller coasters, but I. I've no stomach ahead for them at all. It's great that you can enjoy them so much. It's a fantastic place, Euro Disney, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely amazing, mm. magical. It is magical. We're so blessed, literally. Favorite uh, of the par- from the park? What would you love to go back and try again of what you tried? Oh, that's that's a difficult one. I'd say my two favorites were Tower of Terror and Space Mountain, but I'd give anything for that feeling of my stomach on the Tower of Terror again. I tell you that. <laughs> I did Space Mountain in Florida one year, and I'll tell you, I'm still not over it, and it's years and years later. <laughs> Fair juice to you, but they're two fantastic rides for sure, and they're you will amazing. go back, I'm sure, and experience them someday. Oh, yeah, ho- hopefully, yeah. Oh, Ava McMorrow, I believe, is there. We better get her on because time yes, will indeed. beat us. Thanks indeed, Zoe. Yeah. Thanks, Mel. Not at all. Hello. Ava, concertina, one of my favourite musical instruments. <laughs> Thank you. It's lovely. It produces a lovely sound. What about you and your involvement with the group? Talk to me about this. How long are you uh, with uh, Gluish? Uh, I've been with Gluish since my second year. Good. And is the concertina your instrument of choice? Uh, yeah, I started off playing this and whistle when I was about ooh, six or seven and then I went on to the concertina when I was nine. Is it difficult to learn? Um, starting off is a bit difficult, but once you get the hang of it, it's fairly easy now. Mm. And tying in with all the others on it and uh, playing your part in that, when it comes together, it produces a lovely harmonious sound with the rest, doesn't yeah. it? 
It does, yeah. And it stands out. That's the one thing. You'll always pick up a concertina. Do people say that to you in the playing? Um, no, actually, no. Well, I'll no, say it to you. It. Let me say it to you that if I was listening to you, I'd know you were there for sure uh, because it is such a, such a beautiful instrument. What was the highlight of the trip for you? Oh, definitely performing the shows, definitely. Or yeah. even the roller coasters. <laughs> heart, yeah. in, heart in your mouth either way. In front, Do you get nervous when yeah. you go out in front of an audience? Um, when I'm in a group, not so much. But if I have a solo or a yes. or something like that, definitely the nerves do hit hard. The pressure's on. But you see, the adrenaline yeah. has to flow to produce the performance. You know exactly. that well, don't you? Yeah. Yes, you do, yeah. of course. Would you go back? To Disneyland, yeah. of course. 100%. Oh, silly question, isn't it? Of course you go back. You'd go back yeah. over there. And was it busy with people? Plenty of visitors and lots of people? Oh, it was yeah. absolutely chockers with people. There's just people everywhere. And did they go wild for you in the, when you were performing to the various um, groups? Well, I suppose for them it's a bit different to listen to the Irish music. Yes. But there were a few cheers from the crowd and stuff and it was yeah. towards the end. They yeah. were appreciative of you. Really, yeah. really good. Well, look, keep up the great work. You're a fantastic group. Will you put me back onto Hall before we finish, please? Thank Thanks a million. Hello. Hall, 37 of them in a, in a theme park in Paris. It takes managing. Oh, it does, yeah. And then add in another five teachers that are running away. <laughs> are the teachers more troubled than the others? Oh, yeah, sure. We were always the ones that was laid back in the meeting point, don't you know? <laughs> we were stuck in a queue somewhere. <laughs> anyway. They were great. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're a credit to their families. As as I said, I'm coming home. You know, everyone prides us, everyone here in Trim pride as well. So they were an absolute pleasure to bring away. Ah, good stuff. And, uh, you know, as you say, you've created memories to last a lifetime for those young people fair duty fair duty you do a, f- a fantastic job with the group thank you all for joining me today and wish you well and here's to the next trip absolutely thanks very much for having us on not at all Michal take thank care bye bye that's Michal Kerr Kylie Britton Zoe Murray and Ava McMorrow with wonderful memories from performing at Euro Disney for St Patrick's Day and they're all from Skullwira in uh, Trim in County Mead. That's a lot on late lunch for this Monday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM. Stay with us. Wonderful music and more besides. Tomorrow on the show, with interest rates on the rise, what should you do? Especially if you have a mortgage or borrowings or is it good news for savers? The money Dr John Lowe tells us on late lunch tomorrow. And a couple of years on since he contracted COVID, we've uh, touched base with him since he did from time to time. We're going to find out how Pat Harty is at this stage. And we have your two on Tuesday. Have a great one for you tomorrow and a whopping number one and a lot more to come. Thank you for joining us today on the show. Have a lovely Monday evening and do come back and join us tomorrow, Tuesday from 1.30 for Late Lunch. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dogging Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. 
You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.